welcome to the Deviant Gentleman slash Evolve with Emily cross platform podcast. Hey, welcome. Yeah. It's um, a hybrid with guys. Yeah, it it's is. a guy hybrid. It is. <laughs> so we have uh, myself. I'm Shane Vitko. This is Tommy Vexed. Hello. Uh, you know, Miss Emily Hayden. Hello. And this is my beautiful fiance, Miss Kat Dea. I'm just here for the snacks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Got to have a bowl of gold no, and but something. I'm start now. Yeah. <laughs> if he he's did that, that I probably wouldn't be marrying him. So. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> right. Wait. All right. I, you don't. You don't have your own theme song. No, not yet. Only in the bedroom. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> What's the song? Yeah, that's right. I'd like to. Can you tell What's me what it is? <laughs> 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 So, uh, was that the wedding march or is that the funeral march? Or no, I think that's Phantom of the Opera. <laughs> <laughs> gun, 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 Which could be interesting dun, 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 dun. as well. Yeah, Guys, it's pretty much we're, interesting. we're trying to take this serious. Okay. Right? This okay. is serious time. Okay, okay. Um, yes, so, yeah, uh, I think um, a lot of people, you know, we put up the picture from uh, a lovely tea party that we had. We had you guys over uh, uh, Casa de Vitco. Yesterday. Mm. Um, Is that yesterday? Two yeah. days ago. Two, days, two, two days, days ago. Yeah. Don't do me like that. Whenever the um, power went out. Yeah. The, yeah. Uh, the only time. Really the was. white power the went white. out. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, you know, we had a we had a lot of good <laughs> conversations, and I feel like, um, you know, it wasn't recorded, and uh, why let that go to waste when we have all these. Microphones, brilliant yeah, all these minds, and all of this equipment, and brilliant minds to uh, kind of talk about some of the stuff that we were talking about. So, um, well, firstly, let me just say that I thoroughly enjoyed the tea. My goodness, thank you. Yes, honestly, I'm, amazing. I'm drinking the Earl Grey blend. Right, but you've done yeah. something different with it, haven't you, Uncle Tommy? I did. I did. I'm sorry. <laughs> we made hot, we made tea, and then I put it in the refrigerator with yep. ice. Made it Americanized. Is it that okay I with you? Iced tea. I mean, I'm still kind of over here in my head thinking about it, but he said it's pretty good. So, yeah, I'll take it. I'll I am going to buy a teapot. It's a, tea a little too warm. I'm going to get you a teapot. It's not always the right temperature outside to have hot tea. This yeah. is true. But just put your pinky up, Tommy. Come on. You know better. Yeah, you know a lot better. Of people <laughs> commented that. They're like, Tommy's supposed to yeah. ask yeah. you. They were very you. upset. How dare you? Yeah, yeah. You know what but I tell uh, those people? I'm your father. Dad. Luke. Have some respect for yeah. your old man. Put some <laughs> respect on it. What's the one that tastes like Christmas in a cup? Uh, General winter. Washington's winter tea. So good. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> you can have Christmas any day. Tell yeah. us about the names of the teas because yeah. I find them very uh, informative. Mm. So when we started Boston and the Brit uh, Tea Company, we, um, you know, she she knows the tea, right? And I knew more about. Being uh, bought from Boston. Yeah, Boston. <laughs> and like, I feel like, you know, growing up there, like that, that's all we hear from first grade up and through high school is like. The Boston Teabag Party. The, yeah. The Boston Teabag <laughs> Party. Boston Teabag um, Party. The Battle that, of That's the song party. of your, the bedroom song. <laughs> right. Oh, my God. Wait, wrap it. They've guessed it. But, um, um, but, um you know, so I, when she had mentioned this to me, I was like, that's so genius because of the history behind that and her being from England and loving tea and, you know, me being just like a fresh prick from Boston. So I was like, you know, I think I can be creative in, in this. And it also just so happened that I started watching Sons of Liberty on stars. So I got like, because we always hear things, but that was the first time I'd watched something that really kind of 
brought life to Samuel Adams and uh, John Hancock and Paul Revere and all these guys. So I watched that and blah, blah, blah. Needless to say, she had me try about 60 different types of yeah. tea that she had put together. And once six zero six six zero teas mm-hmm. yeah. a lot. Yeah, I was. I kept saying, "Come try this tea," and it'd be a hot yeah. day, and he'd be like, "Yo, I can't do it anymore." And yeah. I'm like, "Don't put ice in it." Yeah, that's like my fo- my followers are just tired of the tea. Right. <laughs> Keep spilling, but I don't think they get tired of the tea. <laughs> so at any rate, once we kind of narrowed down to you know the ones that we were definitely going to go with, now it was like we got to come up with names. So. Um, you know, I just ran through some stuff and originally some that started out as Paul Revere this or, you know, revolutionary that ended up being a different flavor because it was like, now we still have two other ones with R or whatever it was. So, um, yeah. And then I just would kind of, you know, spitfire shit at her and she was like, babe, that's genius, genius, you know? So, um, yeah, some of them took longer than others and some of them were just kind of a no I think you're a little bit humble in saying that one afternoon you sat down and came with about 20 different names and you were like in an hour. And I was like, how did you That's come up with those awesome. names? And I'm like, it's genius. It's great. No one's ever yeah. done it. And I can't believe no one has ever done a Boston on the Brit tea because it's so famous. So. Are you guys going to be selling muskets as well with <laughs> gunpowder <laughs> and yeah, with <laughs> instructions on how to properly load it as yeah. well? Yeah. 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 I got gunpowder tea, actually. I could get some gunpowder yeah. tea. That's there. a real thing. That's a real yeah. thing. Wow, interesting. Yeah. Oh, be the tummy yeah, so yeah, it yeah. Wasn't, wasn't the greatest taste, and so we didn't we yeah. didn't run with it. Because believe me, I was dying to be like, let's make gunpowder one the runner, and we'll call yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. And it um, just did. It, you listen, you got the, t- the, the tongue don't lie. Yeah, sometimes they just, they do just the taste didn't test. Didn't make it off the uh, off the cutting room floor, as they say in the business. <laughs> <laughs> This is married life, people. (laughs) (laughs) You're literally the same person now. (laughs) Congratulations. Um, That's what happens. You become one person, and then you make a smaller version of your one self. It's like station. Well, it's like she says shit that you know I've grown up saying, and you know it's like now you know I'll be doing something, I go fucking cool, blimey. Yeah. And it's like never in my life would I imagine saying that in an English accent or British accent. That's amazing. And how how is his? Okay, let's get the real skinny. I have a atrocious accent. I've I know. Had, I heard you do. I've it been before. in a relationship with an Australian. I've been in a relationship with a, a woman from London. My accents are abysmal. Yeah. How's the big guy hang up? I think first of all, you should do the accent just so everyone knows yeah, yeah, how yeah. abysmal it <laughs> is. Well, it's only one. That's mm-hmm. the problem. <laughs> That's the entire issue. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's it's basically like fucking can't, you know. It's like a mixture of. Australian I don't know. Come on, you were doing it better before. You were like, like the tea was boiling hot or something before. It was piping hot, mums. Mums the word. Mums the wumsy. Sounds like a little boy mumsy. from London, yes, Prince please, William. Please, sir, may I have some more, sir? Well, maybe the Queen will let me outside and play Adrenochrome Castle, and we can have fun and crumpets today. <laughs> crumpets. I would say that I would say that he is a little touch better than yours, but it's it's. It's, it's not equally Equally as bad. He's getting better, but he lives with me, so he's constantly. Yeah. I, I feel like he'd be it. more like of a Cockney, right? Yeah. Like yeah. a snatch character. He does. Yeah, yeah like, yeah. all right, come over. Oh, here. Eh. Darling, give me some grub. <laughs> you grub? <laughs> mad give me some dog grub. cunt. Yeah. <laughs> Make me a booty right now. <laughs> That's a sandwich. A booty? A booty. A booty? What does it really mean? A booty. A booty, a bo- like B U T T Y, like a like a booty. sandwich. Oh. No, it's a booty. <laughs> it's so a buddy. Butt. Butt oh, a all right. Yeah. Booty. Uh, <laughs> I say booty. A booty. Everything sound, yeah. 
You see yeah, an Australian, you're like, oh, come over here and give me a booty. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's that's, uh, really that's a little weird. <laughs> what do you call weird. jumping jacks, babe? Star jumps. Because you're making jumps. a star. with When you jump, it's like a... I understand like that. Star. <laughs> this is why, this is why we had a revolutionary war. Oh, exactly. my God. <laughs> or else we'd be in the military and they'd be like, Could you imagine? star jumps, ready. <laughs> like, all right, man, ready for star jumps down. They're like, fuck this team. Yeah, yeah. Throwing the, the fucking tea in the harbor. Why did this start? They're like, star jumps. They're called <laughs> jumping jacks. Who's Jack? <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> Who is Jack, yeah, though? There's two bags in here, everybody, in case you're wondering. <laughs> Hyped up on tea. I don't know. Jack used to jump a lot, though. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, let's... Um, as everyone sips. Let's yeah. talk... Uh, Goatee. Let's talk relationships. Oh. Let's go. So, we were talking yesterday, and um, not kind of... You know, with someone like myself, like I can never wrap my head around um, fatal attractions, right? Fatal attraction, rape, um, things like that. Those kind of things don't make sense to my brain. But then again, you know, I also had my issues with drugs and alcohol and people don't understand that either. You know, so it's not so much that I'm judging. It's just that there's certain things that my brain doesn't comprehend how a person becomes like that or where that stems from. So we were talking about kind of how people obsess and where... You know, when Kat and I had first met in the beginning. Well, can we just back up real quick? I yeah, just want to make up. I just want to make this distinct correlation. This is w- one thing that I really, really fucking irks me about rape is this. First of all, it's like tea. You make hot tea. You say, "Do you want some tea?" You're like, "I would like some tea," and then you give them the tea. If somebody doesn't want tea, you don't force them to drink hot tea. Oh shit! Right? Like if they're asleep at a party. You don't pour hot tea down their fucking mouth. Like, I don't understand what the point. Like, I like I don't know who didn't get these instructions when it comes to sex ed. It's like, listen, it is a mutually exclusive agreement that you're going to have tea. And that's it. Okay? You can't have tea if you're sleeping. You can't have tea if the person doesn't want to have tea. If the person decides they don't want to finish their cup of tea, oh. you stop having tea. I think I've raped Shane a couple times then because I'm like, drink the tea and finish it. And if you don't finish <laughs> it, I made the tea for you. Drink it now or I will pour it on. Are we talking about tea still? Yeah, yeah we are. No, no. She's, she's literally talking <laughs> about tea. <laughs> okay, yeah, we were I'm not talking about tea. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyway. breaking it down. I'm just breaking it down. Two different so, conversations So if here. anybody's watching this and you don't know the proper etiquette of uh, sharing tea with another individual... <laughs> Them's the rules. <laughs> anyway, well, oh. you were saying, so yeah, yeah, uh, quickly. Excellent. I'm glad. You know, thank you for uh, <laughs> making people think of rape with tea. Now that's that's great. Well, it burns. Um, it's hot. That's true. That is true. Um, no, but <laughs> so uh, so in the beginning when Kat and I were dating, um, she was a bit you know standoffish because of a past her last relationship that she had been in prior to us meeting. And wasn't, you know, didn't want to be hurt, didn't want to, whatever it was, she has past traumas from other relationships and isn't really willing to commit yet, right? Whereas I was, wanted to kind of be all in immediately, one of those things, right? Which can also not always be healthy, right? Um, Mm -hmm. And premature infatuation. Right. And she pulled back a little bit and didn't answer texts and stuff like that. Now, what that did for me, if I'm being honest, was 
I had trouble sleeping. Um, I, my brain wandered a lot. I thought a bunch of different scenarios and, you know, ultimately had to just quiet my mind and talk to people and, and talk to my friends and talk to my sponsor and do some things so that I was okay around it. But at no point in time did it cross my mind to go out of my way to drive by where she lived, to drive by her work, to, you know, do anything like that. And I feel like that's a thing where people tend to go sometimes, men and women, right? Where it's like, I need to know, so I am going to go and cross these lines and do so to achieve this. And, you know, I think we were talking about this earlier, and really it comes down to, like, what does that stem from? Mm-hmm. Like this obsession with another human. I think um, when someone's obsessing that much over this need for another person, it's because they're trying to fill a void that's inside of them. Because if they were fulfilled and they were whole on them, their own, they, w- they would never need something so badly from somebody else, even if it's another person and another presence. So I think when I recognize that happening, I'm like, well, what's missing in your life? You know, because a whole person who is whole from the inside out is not going to have the obsessive behavior towards somebody else. Um, yeah, but even I think people even who are missing some things can still like operate without mm. the delusion of making somebody else like like in recovery we call it making someone else your higher power, mm. right? Because then you know it can also be an addiction thing or or a, and a self esteem issue like the validation of the other person becomes your self-worth because you are not working on yourself and you instead of doing the work or or realizing i think that the i've i've been in the situation where the other person thinks that to be with me is going to fix the problem Mm -hmm. and it's not even so much about me Mm -hmm. it's about the way that i make them feel Mm -hmm. and they cannot be okay without me Um, and that leads to all kinds of crazy shit Mm -hmm. crazy shit because uh, and especially with people who are can't be accountable, mm-hmm. right? Like I remember being a kid and having a you know sixteen year old relationship or a twenty one year old relationship, and not being able to take responsibility for, you know, maybe I was hanging out with the boys too much, maybe I was selling drugs, maybe I was drinking, maybe I was getting in bar fights, and you know I'm like oh but that's just how I that's how it is, and it's like no your behavior and your actions created consequences, and the way that you were living was not good enough for the person that you were with and they broke up with you. But you don't learn that until you learn how to be accountable a lot. And and it's kind of crazy where I think where I've noticed there is like, there is a culture to people going out and outsourcing, especially with dating apps and social media, they'll go and they will create a story about why things didn't work out. Mm-hmm. And then it's the same story over and over and over again. And you see these people and you're just like, every single person's the exact same. Like, this is what, like, okay. Like, well, what's really going on? You know? And then you have to stop and look at yourself. And I went through this in, a, in two ways. Like I went through this in a situation with somebody I briefly dated had this laundry list history of all these, you know, public figures who had, gone through this nightmare of this person right and I had also gotten to a place in another relationship in the past where I had dated another person who was violent and had alcohol issues and had childhood unresolved childhood trauma issues 
And that forced me deeper into therapy. So there are, there's always, we're always, you know, at, as long as I'm willing to look at my part, I know that I can change the patterns and behaviors if I'm responsible. It's the same thing with people who like get obsessive. I've seen people change. Like we've seen guys in the, in the recovery change, right? They don't become obsessed anymore. Like, oh, I, I'll just be okay if, she would, if I just get my wife back. You know, and it's like, no, you don't, you need to get yourself back first because you can't offer anything to this woman. And when they take the steps and they do therapy, maybe they don't get the relationship back, but they find a new relationship that is more conducive to the new lifestyle that they're living. But I think that the main thing and in, in is always going to be struggling for accountability, right? When yeah, yeah, no, I love what you're saying here because I think so many people in this world fail to take accountability for their actions, but they also fail to respect boundaries when they're set. And I think that when a boundary is set, um, people think like, oh, I love them so much that I'm still going to reach out or I'm, you know, I'm going to step over this boundary and they see it as I have to reach out to this person. But I know for myself, like when I've set boundaries and they're not respected, that's like one of the biggest red flags, you know, as someone who can't respect boundaries. Um, I mean, what do you guys think about, what do you guys think about that? But I think as a, as a recovered manipulating drug addict, <laughs> I, I wanted a girl to set a boundary because I wanted to see if I could push. I wanted to push. Oh, push shut up push right now. Because mm. that made me like, in it's my head, funny. I had that God complex where I'm like, mm. that's cool that you set a boundary with people and other <clears> things, <throat> but I'm God. Wow. So, I'm going to yeah, push, and whether I got to be super nice, super mean. Shut up. If I get, you show me. It's the same thing with prison or with men. Like, go ahead and break eye contact. I fucking dare you, and I own you. I don't care if you're a fucking seventh degree fucking Muay Thai black belt. I own your soul forever. Wow. Maybe physically you could beat the shit out of me, but you'll never know that because I've been taking your soul from you kind of thing. So... It was that same. It's just all imaginary, by the way. Right, right. right. <laughs> right. So hypothetically speaking, well, have you seen Mortal Kombat? He literally no. takes a guy's no. soul <laughs> with eye contact. <laughs> that's, but that's the kind of thing is where in my head I convince myself. Meanwhile, mm. mind you, I'm fucking terrified. Yeah. But I can't let you know that. So in my head, while I'm looking at you, going, "I dare you to break eye contact," and you do internally, I go, "Thank fucking God, you wow. contact me for me." But back to the point, it's that me, I would be willing to keep pressing, pressing, and all it takes is a, if you respond, fuck you, you still have fed into my so manipulative you're behavior. you're a habitual line stepper. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I, not so any longer. Not longer. He was. Yeah, he, I was a habitual line stepper. So I, when you say that now, it reminds me when we, when you, when I was backing off from you in the beginning, you know, and I just wasn't ready, and you were you were very much like, you were pushing it. I got you 100%. I'm there. And I'm like, that makes, that makes a lot of sense now that you were just trying to push my boundaries a little bit. So why don't you guys give advice to men that are doing that right now that are like pushing the boundary over and over? Can you explain to them what they're doing by not respecting the boundaries? Like explain. I'm a boundary setter. Like I, I, I've had, I think I have to respect my life and my career and, and my livelihood. And I'm someone who publicly experienced uh, reputation destruction, mm -hmm. right? So I I went through a relationship that was, you know, very problematic. It was the third one of my whole life. I'm 39 years old, you know, and so it's like I 
literally dealt with a, a person who was committed to bringing, like basically tried to destroy me on a public level because she would never be able to do better than when she, when I walked away from her and that was her MO, right? So in order for her to maintain her ego and her, you know, her idea of herself, I had to be made less than, and it still isn't working. Right. And so it's like, it becomes this continuous thing. So my, my stuff right now is what I work on with my therapist is I, Anyone who exhibits any behaviors of extreme mental illness or erratic emotional behavior, I'm like, I just, I'm like, I'm backing off. I'm like, I'm not going to talk to you today. I'll, I'll call you in a couple days. I'm going to let it cool off. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, sometimes it can be difficult because there are certain things that are normal where somebody would be like, you know, you could be upset that, I said I was going to call you when I got off stage, but I didn't, I didn't, you know, and I'm with my friends and I'm with my band and I'm settling out and I'm doing my job and it's night and you got to go to bed and we're in different time zones. And then if you get the next morning, if you get upset with me and it's not an appropriate thing to get upset about, I'm like, pause. And so I think like for anybody, uh, tr- if you, tr- like if you've been through these situations or you're dealing with that kind of behavior, it's okay to pause. And it also, it doesn't mean everything's over. It doesn't, you don't ghost people. I don't mm-hmm. believe in ghosting people. Um, but I believe in creating space because I need to feel safe mm-hmm. with people in order for me to have a, a flourishing relationship, whether it's friends or romantic or my intention is that it's long-term or if it's short-term or whatever. And it comes down to respect. Mm-hmm. you know. So it's, it's, it's foreign to me, the boundary pushing. You've you know? never experienced someone pushing your boundaries? Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I, I got, you know, for example, I, I leave a relationship and then I get a call from a police officer that, I, that you know, so that I was an, involved in an assault that never took place. Mm. And then the, the, the blackmail and the, all the proceedings and if you just give me this much money, I'll, dro- I'll drop everything. And, you know, I, I just... That's that's the way that that a lot of women in Hollywood remain engaged. They also make a payday out of their breakup, especially sex workers who like in this situation probably were not working during the time of the relationship and feels entitled to retroactive compensation for the loss of the of the sex work money that would have been coming in if she wasn't faithful in her relationship. And it's it's like mentally ill to think like this. But unfortunately, it's very common. I think my advice to to both sides, but mainly women, is too often the line is drawn in the sand, right? And it's, you know, you can go like this to it and it's gone. But if you put that line like in freshly poured concrete, that fucking line's there for life. Okay, explain that. Okay, so what I mean is I have had women who have set healthy boundaries and they fucking stick to them 100%. Mm -hmm. Eventually, I just stopped because they weren't feeding into anything I was doing. Now, where some, like I said, if you respond and it's as simple as this, I send a text and like, hey, just want to see if everything's cool. Hope you're all right. Just been thinking about you. You seem happy. Right. Because I, I also don't think it involves it, it necessarily has to be I'm blocking you I'm this I'm blah, 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 because then I think that gives that other person a sense of power. Mm-hmm, right. Like mm-hmm. if I have to do all these things. So I do none of that. But I also just don't respond, period. 
Because if I have said to you, I no longer wish for us to speak because this has caused X, Y, and Z, then I have to mean that. And what that means is if I then reach out and say, again, you know, it's this passive aggressive, hey, just seeing if everything's cool, you look happy, glad everything's cool, and you go, oh, thanks, everything's cool, boom, that's my in. So your boundary that you set, you just gave me an inch, Mm. and now it's Mm. like. So you're saying don't respond at all. I, I'm I a mean, no responder. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when I, I'm, I'm a no responder. When I'm done, I'm done. Yep, I you had know, to that's be. That's it. Yeah. yeah, I'm a blocker too. I don't. Yeah. I'm like no. Yeah. I mean, sometimes that's to. what it comes if you, to. If you're you know? trespassing on my peace, yeah. you don't mm. get you don't get to right. view my mm. life right. through the yeah. mirror if it's, of wow. social yes. media. Like, yeah. If it's unres, you're not being respectful yeah. and you're constantly doing shit. A hundred percent, you're getting yeah. blocked. That makes sense. You know. Yeah. I had with my previous relationship. He was. He couldn't let go when we broke it off, and he would turn up outside my apartment at two in the morning oh, and it that's, was like that's scary it was scary yeah that's yeah. really weird so you know and uh, one thing that i want you to talk about cat and i know it's uh it's so weird calling you cat i know right b um it could be uncomfortable but you know a lot of people especially in this me too movement where it's like you know a guy yelled fuck you to me so that's me too no wow um but real actual domestic abuse like she tells me stories sometimes of this previous relationship which blow my again it blows my fucking mind it's one of those things that i just go like how can somebody do that you know yeah so tell me what that was like and and how hard that was to get out of that kind of relationship i mean i am it was i actually didn't get out of it through my fault of their own the gentleman got another girl pregnant so that was my out so thank gosh for that you know Mm -hmm. it was it was absolutely a blessing in disguise but living through it it was when i just moved to l.a so I had no family, no friends, no connections. So I was pretty much already on my own. And he created that. It was I was a perfect target for someone to be like, oh, she doesn't have anybody here. Let me be her whole world. Let me make sure I do all this, you know, block her from friends. Don't let her make friends. Don't let her go out. Let me control her life. And he l- pretty much had me, you know, on circles. Like I would go out and I'd have to take photos if I was at the grocery store for too long. If I was like at home and I looked at him wrong, it would be... It would be, you know, did some sort of physical abuse. Was this a, did he have a personality disorder? Like, was he an NPD he, or? He grew up with that, I think, from his wow. dad. He used to get smacked on the head and that was all he knew. So I think for him to main, maintain control over his life, that's how he would express himself. And he, you know, he got very violent multiple times. And, you know, I ended up in hospital a couple of times and it was, it was pretty hard. And again, I'm blessing in disguise. I tried to get out of it a couple of times. But I just couldn't do it on my own, and thank goodness he was cheating on me at, at the end. And when I got a girl pregnant, she turned up at the doorstep, and I was like, "I was like, thank God!" <laughs> and then I got out of it, and that was that was pretty hard to get over, yeah. And I, I mean, it how how many hurts. times is that a thing too? With how many girls that I, that I hear, I tried to get out of it, and it's yeah. like, mm-hmm. what is the final? How do you do? But it they without they make they the make you realize you know? they make you think that they are your whole world. Like yeah. that, I was in it. Like I was wow. in love with him, wow. and I was and like, this w- is and it. it's it's like it's not a gender thing either because I experienced mm-hmm. this like the psychological aspect of all mm-hmm. these things. Like and I, and I, although I did experience uh, physical violence from my from my female partner, they they are never strong enough to do the same kind of damage and inflict so they have to they go about doing it in other ways Mm. now what my question is is that you know one of my big issues with the me too movement is the is the the cry wolf me too Mm. right and what happens is is that even myself like after after this i was like 
I almost felt my there was a couple times where friends of mine were talking about their experiences and I was like I'm like yeah whatever like I actually because I was in a situation where I was falsely accused I just stopped believing women Mm -hmm. and then I had to check myself and I'm like okay my personal experience of this scenario is not average right but you know, as a woman who who has experienced, like I always am interested in what do you, like what are your guys take on people that do this, whether it's for attention or revenge or whatever whatever it is, whatever the the angle is, like and and how do we sift through it because it's an it's a problem. Mm-hmm. You're asking us what's our um, opinion on women that falsely accuse men. Well, and yeah, and what's the and like how how do people like me who go through that con- like not be dissuaded from taking true victims seriously? That's a really hard question. Um, I think what, you know, where my mind goes in this entire scenario is I think it's up to us as individuals to like never put ourselves in any circumstance where it's he said, he said, she said, like I personally, I have very strict boundaries around that. And I, I will not um, put myself in any sort of scenario where it's my word against someone else's word, because one, nothing bad can happen. And two, um, that's what sucks about it is let's say that something did occur and it's me versus him, him and then people believe you or not believe you. That's a really crappy situation. Um, I think the women that falsely accuse men, um, I think it sucks because it takes the, um, it just takes, it takes the, I guess, I don't know what the word is, but it's like, it just takes away from the people that have actually experienced that. And it like dilutes their actual experiences. Just like you said, like people were confiding in you about their experience and you weren't able to have that same level of compassion. Cause you're like, well, fuck, are they, you know, are they lying too? Which makes sense cause based on your experience, but it just sucks cause it dilutes that person's real experience, which, you know, when we're talking about the me too movement, this is something that like traumatizes people for their entire lives, you know, like actually going through that is, um, really horrible and something that like nobody should ever experience and what's worse is that because of everything happening there are so many people that live their entire lives that feel like they have some sort of responsibility in it or that it was their fault and I think that the false accusations that are going around like reinforce that in people Mm. and reinforce that in the ones who actually experience this horrible thing and um, it, it makes it even harder for them to open up about it even in a therapy session maybe they're not coming out about it But these people that there's so many people like the Me Too movement's big, but there's so many more people that will never talk about it and will never be open about it. And it has to do with what we're talking about right now. But, man, I wish I could just like encourage all of them to go and talk to one person, talk to a therapist. You don't have to join the movement. Like Mm -hmm. not everything that you've been through is for other people's knowledge. But, man, yeah, I I, I get that. Yeah. Like it's it's hard to it's hard every like. I've dated s- uh, several people. All have, at some point in their lives, had some sort of abuse story. And I've dated a lot of people. Mm-hmm. It's the it's not okay. Yeah, right? well, it's like more common than you and, think. And I think too, where it's like you get, you know, you do get these people that want to join a movement and finally, like, oh, here's something. But then I feel like, you know, there's someone like you, too, where it's like, how often did you have to lie and make up stories to your family and bring him to family events and stuff and pretend that everything was all the time? Yeah. Yeah. And it's funny because I really don't talk about it that often. I I really 
I'm not very open with it. And I think maybe that is because everyone's so, you mm. know, there's a lot of false accusations that go around and it's like almost makes you feel like you don't want to talk about it because are people going to believe me now? Mm. So I think I've kept that close by and you obviously know about it being things that we go through because sometimes the trauma comes up and it's mm. like, wow, you're not that guy anymore. You're a good guy. So, but it is hard to talk wait, about. Wait, wait, wait. Let's, let's make sure we're clear about that. I'm because you made that sound like I'm not that guy anymore. Like, Oh no, no. I'm I mean, no, like, no, no, no. Like you're not sometimes when guy. you like, say for example, All like the when TikTokers no. are like, we do it. So like when we're arguing and all of us, like, you know, when you go into like, I think that you're the guy right, who I right, used to be right. with. Yeah. And then I'm talking back, right. like, don't do that. And I'm like, right. I realize you're not that guy. I right. was clearing it before the before TikTok is started. But that's interesting too, because we, <laughs> there, there, you. There is a lot of work to do to make the differentiation between a current partner and your previous abuser. Yes, and, I agree. And like I've been in, you know, I've been in the situation. It's interesting to hear hear that perspective of having to lie to family members. Like mm-hmm. I remember, like having to go to family functions, and you know, I'm in a relationship with somebody who's unstable. I know why they're unstable. I know who you know they were abused as a child. This person is a, a member of their family, and I'm like having to have Christmas with this man mm-hmm. who is a pedophile and a child abuser and an alcoholic. And it, everything in me is like, I should obliterate this man's, like, from th- the planet. Mm-hmm. But out of request for my partner, I'm treating them with respect. Wow. And it's, and, um, you know, it's, it's heavy. Mm-hmm. It's heavy. I think it's good that you do um, share your experiences in, you know, instances like this, because it's one thing to share an experience and make it your entire identity and Mm -hmm. make it a whole movement and make it part of your business and make it your every single day life. But when you're just naturally and genuinely sharing like, hey, Mm -hmm. man, I went through this and this is what I experienced. This is what I learned. I think there's so much power in that. So I think um, I think it's incredible. Thank you for speaking up on that, because. You know, I know there's so many people that experience like abusive or obsessive relationships. And I know for myself, um, I've never experienced like a physically abusive relationship in my romantic relationships. Um, but there, there's psychological abuse as well. And like, that's really mm-hmm. difficult. And I've been in relationships before where I literally couldn't get out. And like, it sounds so dumb to say out loud. But it's um, true. And but when you're in the moment, yeah. there's no way out. Yeah. Like you try. And even when you try, it's like you don't want to sometimes because you're not sure what's out there because you've been so in this bubble of this relationship and it's your world. Yeah. I mean, it's our self worth gets, Mm -hmm. you know, it's like, I, I'm have stayed in relationships too long. Right. I'm like, why did I stay this long? I think everyone listening can identify that. How many people here have stayed (laughs) in a relationship too long? But I I think, you know, I think it's, it's two completely different things, right? Where like, you know, a woman is, is, somewhat trapped because of physical abuse right where like yeah, but men get trapped because of financial abuse yeah um I, so do women right but what i so um but what happens with with i mean I, maybe not even men but myself what kept me trapped was low self-esteem just like you said yeah, right? yeah. low self-esteem and low self-worth I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. I can't do better. Oh, see, this is the hottest. I'm never gonna date a girl that's as hot. I'm never gonna date this girl that will put up with me because I'm such a piece of shit. And I found somebody that dealt with me and knows that I did drugs and know that I went to prison and like this is as good as it's gonna get. You know, like uh, my 
my dating pool was like, you know, where are the girls that are like fucking either strippers or going to prison or like, you know, just have, I need you to have just as mm. matched self-worth as myself wow. so that you won't fucking leave me, wow. you know? And um, I think, you know, now being in hands down the most, uh, the probably the only healthy relationship I've ever been in, um, where these things do come up, right? When we argue and then something happens and what's it remind me of? That toxic relationship that I spent too much fucking time in and didn't get out of. And mm-hmm. now I don't see her anymore. I see that person. Mm-hmm. And now I have to learn to recognize that and go, wait a minute. It's the same thing that we learn in recovery and everything, right? And the same thing will happen with her where something happens and her response to my tone or what I say comes off as, Oh, I, right. Because as you know, we get tuned into like your body tells you, oh, I know what's happening. right mm. now. Like when you take off on a plane, you can close your eyes. Mm. You know, the minute those fucking wheels go up and you take off because you know that sensation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So if you tell me that, you know, I'm on a bicycle, I go, what do you mean? I'm on a bicycle. This is that feeling I get when I'm in a plane. So it's that oh, same yeah. thing of kind of mm. re retraining mm-hmm. yourself to go. I know this feels like that right now, but it's not mm-hmm. that. And once I, you know, we have, we've worked through a lot of stuff and that's come up and we've had blowouts and arguments. Mm -hmm. And then once cooler heads prevail and we come back and get honest and get vulnerable and I'll Mm -hmm. ultimately be like, Hey, this is what that reminded me of. And this is how it made me feel. And then this is what that reminded me of. This is what it made it feel. Okay. I will try to work on this and be more aware of that. You try to work on this and become more aware of that. And it's not like the next day oof, it's gone. But, you know, again, in breath work, there's a thing that's a, uh, where awareness goes, energy flows. You know? mm-hmm. So 80% is awareness. The other 20% is actually taking action and fucking doing something about it. Mm-hmm. And what's great about you guys working together on that is if you both have the awareness to each other's own baggage, will you? Mm-hmm. It's great because you guys can, like, call it out on each other. Like, hey, like, this is happening right now. And mm-hmm. if you have that open mentality and attitude, then it's, like, it's easy to communicate with that. Like, oh, man, you're right. That is happening, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Absolutely. Do you guys ever play What Did You Hear Me Say? That's a good one. <gasps> no, but, but we I do a thing called What's the Story You're Telling Yourself. Yeah, that's what's so the story good. You're telling yourself. Mm-hmm. So okay. when she fun. starts, you know, it, whether, you know, she's all of a sudden comes back and I'm like, babe, what's the story Wait, you're telling like yourself? Like, what, right what, what is going you know? on in my head? Like and usually it, it's something it I've made up. Because that's not what's happening. Yeah. She's like, well, you just said that you hate me and I'm fat. And I'm like, hold on. What? <laughs> I would never say that. That's an example for but the record. You know, like, like, to me, what I hear is so drastic. I like snacks. And I'm just like, that's not snacks. what happened, you know? <laughs> I just want to eat my snacks and go to sleep. <laughs> I hate me. I'm fat. Pass me the Cheerios. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Honey bunch um, of oats. But yeah, funny. no, absolutely. What What's this one, though? What is it? What is, is that the same kind of concept? Uh, what yeah. did you... Yeah, because it's like... Uh, yeah. My friend Sam, Sam from BNR taught me this. He was like, he's like, you know, he's like, what did you hear me say? Mm-hmm. You know, he was doing this in his marriage and, you know, he'd be like, well, you said, can you, can you get, you text me and like, can you bring home milk? And it was like, what am I, your bitch? Like, oh, now I got to <laughs> yeah. go to the fucking grocery store after I've been at work all right. day and picked right. up the dogs. Uh-huh. And yeah. did, you know like I mean? the tone of how Good. someone says it, yeah, how you're yeah. hearing but them say But that's because, like, and that's the thing, too. And the, the other thing is, like, texting. Mm-hmm. Dude, texting is information, not communication. Yeah. So It true. is not communicating. Mm-hmm. It's info. 
right? Like, uh, like I don't communicate with a book. I read the pages and I read and I get the information. Yeah. So you're sending me information, but you're not communicating. There's no inflection. There's no emotion. There's no tonality. So there's a lot gets lost in translation and emails and texts. That's what's good about having you as a friend is that you're a big uh, audio voice texter. Voice texter. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it makes for, you know, because there'll voice be times like great. when you respond and I'm like, oh, fuck, he's busy. Like, I probably shouldn't bother him. And then next thing you know, a minute and a half thing comes through. It's like, hey, I'm driving, bro. I just can't text. And I'm like, oh, thank God. I thought he hated me. <laughs> 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 fuck. It's about to go. Right? Like, because that's, you know, Jane, we, we, what's we, the story you're telling yourself? Yeah. Exactly. Well, I also <laughs> do Tommy that. Tommy doesn't want to reply to I me. I also right do now. that because I don't want to crash while right. I'm driving because <laughs> I've done that before and I'm like, bu- I've like, Rear-ended somebody on the 405. Not not seriously because right. we're only going two miles an hour because it's, it's yeah. the 405. Right. You know, how very but California. No, I mean, I think that's a thing though is, you know, we, we also in, in uh, misinterpret text a lot oh, because yeah. we oh, read yeah. it in the tone in our head. So I always read it with that like Boston dickhead thing. So it's like, I love <laughs> that's you. Awesome. And I read it as like, what the fuck you mean you love me? What, <laughs> what are you saying? You know, what are you, what's oh, going man. on here? Like, yeah, I is this a my, setup? Like, I thought my texts sound a lot funnier in your voice. Yeah. <laughs> Don't you find though, like they say that when you love someone or you really know someone is that when you read a text, you'll hear their voice as you're reading it. Like I obviously mm-hmm. always hear you. I hear Emily's when right, she texts right. and I'm like, oh, you love me. I must do. <laughs> but I think, you know, so getting back to that too, is so we do that. The two things that we've been working on a lot is what's the story you're telling yourself? Mm-hmm. And then do you want comfort or do you want solution? Yeah. Okay. That's, that's a great huge. One. Explain that for the listeners. Sorry, um, <laughs> I want comfort. <laughs> right so, like, say for example, he's real good on like giving me advice when I'm having a meltdown or something. Um, and so it's like sometimes you just want a hug. As a girl, you just want comfort. So it's like he comes over to me. He's like, "Do you want comfort or do you want a solution to what's going on right now?" And I'm sometimes I just want comfort. Bring me the snacks. Give me a hug. <laughs> kiss my head. Rub my feet. Or sometimes I want a solution. So, and it really helps like kind of go through. Cause sometimes he was very good at giving me solutions. And I'm like, as my love language, I'm like, I just want to feel like the hug and the comfort. So now we've worked on that. It's really good. I learned that lesson. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's both. Sometimes yeah, it's sometimes like both. while you give me solution. Yeah. Because again, you know, I think that sometimes I kind of, and again, this could be due to, tr- you know, my own trauma, my world every, uh, or whatnot, but. I'm not a big like, oh, come here and let me hug you to make it better. That was never mm-hmm. really a part of my story. So, um, you know, I see this happening and I'm like, well, here's what you need to do. And don't allow this to happen and this mm-hmm. and that. And sometimes that's not always. And I know that you through. Know, we're problem solved. Like mm-hmm. we find a problem. And especially for our <laughs> women, we're like, we got to solve this. Right. Yeah. Right. Dude, and so some, some t- sometimes it's like, you know, I've, I've, this is something <coughs> I've, I've said in several relationships once I learned it. I was like, is this the part where you want me to just listen or do you want me mm. to fix it? Mm-hmm. Right. And sometimes it's like, I just want you to just listen. And like, <laughs> okay. And I'm just like, uh-huh. And in my head, all the things all I'm the saying, I'm going. writing them down. And I'm, like, <laughs> I'm like, as soon as she falls asleep, <laughs> I'm going to get on the computer and fix all this right away. <laughs> Oh, that's great. Oh, that's next great. Morning, next morning, there's a whole you. list. Yeah, you're like, hey, I <laughs> called. Uh, yeah, I called AT and T, and everything's fine. Yeah. <laughs> Superhero Tommy. Tommy. Should, yeah, it's like more like Timmy though. Like Tommy. <laughs> we should talk about. Uh, we should talk about gender roles because I think in today's society there's a lot of distortion of 
gender in general, but also just gender roles. And I kind of want to go into like our own personal opinions on it, right? Like traditional heteronormative gender roles? Like what do we personally think about that? Um, Like as in like relationships within the relationships, I think. Yeah, like let's talk, like for us, let's talk about how we personally feel about like the woman's role and that kind of thing. And I'm all for the old school kind of like, you know, women should take care of her man. And I'm not Mm -hmm. saying, you know, wait on him hands and foot, but I like keeping my man and treating him well, mm-hmm. you know, making a good home, cooking, doing all mm-hmm. that stuff. And I think that's been lost over these years with all this feminist movement and everything. And so many more and more women are just not doing that. And I feel like it's a reflection on like people who get divorced. Like you look at like all these older couples who were together since like eight, fif- like 1956 because they were there, they stuck it out. They went through the hard times. They took care of them and they had their mm-hmm. roles. And I feel like it gives me comfort to have that role because I feel like, he has his role as a man. He'll come and kill all the bugs in the house and do all <laughs> like the hard heavy lifting. And I like that. And, and I never grew up with that because I grew up in just like a girl's like family. So kill I appreciate bugs, having bro. that man. <laughs> but also the orchid but man is here. Now, right? <laughs> get my bug hat on the headlamp, the headlamp, and, oh, uh, the headlamp. headlamp. Yes. <laughs> some roaches here. <laughs> Looks like you guys got termites. <laughs> You should have so, brought the headlamp. No, 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 don't let bring the headlamp. <laughs> so, but also, I don't want that to get, you know, cons- misconstrued yeah. as that it's just like, no. woman, stay home, you don't get sneakers or any footwear, <laughs> stay in the kitchen, sneakers. baby on right. the hip, make me some chicken pot pie, no, do my laundry. because I work too and Because do it's also stuff. like, also own a business with me. Yeah. Run yeah. a business Do it together. Like, That's what I feel I, like. I want you to be successful. And even if it was like she had a business and, and I was a janitor and she made more money, like I don't necessarily need to be like, well, I'm the man. I have to be making more money. It's just like as long as I'm a man doing the best that I can and I'm showing up every day and being, um, you know, what I consider to be a man to her, which is love and loyalty and respect and doing the things like – you know, I take out the trash. I, mm-hmm. you know, do the bugs. I hang things up. I pull mm-hmm. in the heavy stuff. Because if I'm sitting down and, like, I'm playing video games, and she's like, babe, can you help me with this? this is heavy. I'm not like, no, go work out and get stronger. You know <laughs> like, of course yeah. I'll help. Go take some tests but and it, come it, in it, three months. Right. Like It works, though. Like, it makes yeah. our life be a, to be able to come together and work together because we both take care of our own little things. And I, I, I love that kind of relationship where, you know, it brings me comfort and that's how I... Like well, I think it. it's supposed to be like that. I mean, yeah. that's mm-hmm. what this whole ideology of like, I don't need no man. It's right. like, well, you don't need anybody, but yeah. we're not meant to be alone. Like, yeah. we, like we're here for human connection. Yeah, yeah like yeah. I want to want to be, you know, I used to be like that. I dated, I've dated people who needed me, right? Because of, of abandonment issues, maybe because I'm adopted, maybe because of whatever, right? And so that always goes wrong because the person acts on me like a drug and I mm. feel a false sense of security in a relationship where that person needs me, but I'm never fulfilled and wow. I don't feel wanted. Right. right. So the love is always conditional, you know? And I think too, it's like, you know, I, I've been in relationships. I come home from tour and I'm not, you know, I just sold out. I just played it, sold out tour, 10,000 people a night, sign autographs, doing my thing. I'm up. She's up at six. I'm up at six thirty. I'm I'm cooking breakfast, cleaning the house, and packing her lunch for the day, and then I'll go back to sleep when she leaves, mm-hmm. and then I'll get up and I'll start my day. You know, I've been in relation. When I lived in New York City, I lived in a four story walk up, and you know, my I was a bar manager. I got home at four in the morning. My partner got up at six, and then had to lug 
all of her hair and makeup products down a four-story walk-up at 6.30 in the morning. So I'd wake up two hour, two and a half hours after I went to bed, bring all the shit downstairs, come back up and do it, you know. And I was okay with that. I, I like something of, I deeply enjoy mm-hmm. being of service mm-hmm. to my partner, mm-hmm. yeah. like acts of service. That it's not like, you know, I'll... Shit, I do the dishes here. I'm like, I'll cu- <laughs> I wake up, I'm cleaning up. Like, I'm like, all right, cool. You like, were putting rubbish away in, in our house back, the other the day. Yeah, yeah. All that. I was like, homie, I'm you were wiping like, my okay, surface. Yeah, yeah. I was like, cool. <laughs> yeah, but it's like, it's something that, like, you know, what it, when I when I was like three months sober, my my godmother died, and I was terrified, right? Because I hadn't gone back to Brooklyn, and I I was like, I have to go back, and um, my sponsor. Like I was like, I don't know if I can go. Like, what if I drink? Like, what if I get high? Like, I'm gonna be around all my old idiot friends and my family, and they're you know, they're crazy. And he's like, Listen, go be of service. He's like, if the trash needs to get taken out, take out the trash, wash the dishes, shake people's hands, help this, help that, ask if I, if you could drive anywhere, anywhere. Just it just be of service. And I went to that situation, and it's crazy that this is how. I changed. I saw the value of doing, of just being whatever you guys need right now. This is a tragic situation. It's very sad and unexpected. And now that's like, that's what I want to be. I want to be that guy. So if something's going on, good or bad, it's just like, it's just like a little extra. Mm -hmm. You know, if my partner's working, like, I'll clean her out. I don't care. Yeah, that's the thing where it's like, you know, let's say I worked from home, or she worked from home, or I worked from home, and, and one one does and one doesn't. It's not like yeah. the house is a mess. Well, nah, shucks, he, I'm not the yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, he still vacuums home. and stuff yeah. and yeah. does that stuff. It's yeah. like, what, exactly. Like I you also, said, I have money for a man. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> what can I, I just had to fire my long guy. But uh, Are you the what, long guy? <laughs> I told, well, I told him earlier, I was like, are you had cheating on me with the maid? Oh, yeah, I am the maid. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, That's amazing. But... You know, I, I think it's it is exactly that. It's like how can I what can I do to be of service to mm-hmm. my my significant other? And mm. it's like that doesn't have to be that I have this type of money or that I do this. Mm-hmm. It's you know, learning your person and learning what that means to them, you know. Yeah, and I think ultimately it's about just being the best team that you can possibly be. So yeah, maybe you take up some certain roles in most scenarios, but like you're saying, like team player picks up the slack wherever yeah. it is. I know for me personally I actually love gender gender roles and like I am an independent woman. I'm about to be 30 this year. I have my own house. Like I'm living my life. I'm growing my business. Like I'm doing the thing and I'm a very independent woman, but like I cannot wait to be all that is woman to my man. You know what I mean? Like if he wants me to make him a sandwich, hell yeah, baby, I'll make you the best sandwich. I will make it with love. And when you take out the trash or when you do. a sandwich. Right? I'm kind of hungry too. Key, keyword, you have to be my man. Yeah. <laughs> what, about, what, about, what about your girl? Well, I'll, I'll give you some too. Right. I don't give that wife energy just to anybody. Right. But it's like, there's something so beautiful about that. And I smelt her armpits too and I'm not feeling love. <laughs> okay, we're gonna have to explain. Are you deviant gentleman deodorant <laughs> in stores now? I'm sorry. <laughs> Insert commercial. Thanks uh, for that. Yeah, you're this is getting real weird. I she just did wanted sniff a sandwich. She <laughs> <Yeah>, did. <laughs> Anyways, I was saying, I, I genuinely can't. You know, I can't wait for that. And something that I actually do now <laughs> is I'll cook for myself a nice dinner, like twice a week or so, and it's because. 
I want to be a good wife. So mm-hmm. I need to start dressing Practicing. and acting for the job that I want, yeah. not the job mm-hmm. that I have, I like you know? That. So like, I never want to lose those skills. I never want to lose that. Like, you know, setting time aside to really care about like what I'm putting into my body. And I have my little romantic dates on my own. And, and I'm at this really good point where like, I don't miss anything and I don't need anything. I'm just like, so good and so happy with where I'm at and so for me like I love the gender roles because I think that when they work together as a team like how you guys are saying it's just beautiful it's dynamic it's the way that it was intended to be Mm -hmm. I think we can learn a lot from nature like uh, I've been watching a lot of Disney plus like the little nature videos courtesy <laughs> thanks, of thanks for login. anybody need a login hit me up his login <laughs> is uh, on the screen no, I'm i mean <laughs> I, I i guess too it's like you know gender role is just finding what works for you and like we have we know people where like the woman is you know she's the boss and like me you know i mean they're always the boss but <laughs> what i mean Damn is right. like you know with a woman like where i kind of go like Damn, like it's woman. like her choice whether or not this guy can like go out today oh. or do anything and like but that he's cool with that that's cool mm-hmm. that's not for me <laughs> but if that's what works that's for not you, my cup that's of tea cool. you know we have also friends that are like both work nine to five don't do shit mm-hmm. during the week and then like do nothing on the weekends that's also not us you know what i mean yeah, like yeah, that yeah. wouldn't mesh with me mm-hmm. but that doesn't mean that it's wrong um you know and again like where i hail from Never would it be a hyphenated last name. Like the woman takes my name and that's it because it's out of respect. Hell yeah. Thank Sorry. goodness. <laughs> I want to get rid of my day. Oh, the one that Tommy was Your name is yeah, yeah. Your last name's already Vitco in my phone. It has yeah. been since I put you in there. I love it. Yow. <laughs> my, uh, Do you guys have a wedding date? Oh boy, so oh boy. What did you just open? <laughs> because I'm yes. Just, I'm just wondering I mean, if you've booked the talent yet. <laughs> <laughs> Tommy Vex, um, the wedding singer. We did guys. hear the acoustic. <laughs> we did hear the acoustic. So I'm yeah. gonna, I'm gonna do, uh, I'm gonna do Billy past the third grade for your first dance. It's a Billy Madison <laughs> song. Oh my god. <laughs> nah, I mean we, you know, we have a we we we're hoping for October. We've looked at a venue in North Carolina. Um, oh, so we're traveling for this. We are. Yeah, because okay. my my dad's you know older and can't travel, and ultimately you know for me that's the most important person to have there. And will your and family uh, is going to fly over, or do you have some of them here? Or? Um, so my half my family's in Orlando, and the rest is in England. And this is the difficult problem we're having is because of the the fear that they've instilled into the people in England to travel, COVID. the oh, masks, travel. the yeah, COVID, yeah. and they're just very much like we're not coming to your wedding this year if it's this year. Oh, wow. Why don't so. you just send them white suits with gas masks? <laughs> just send them like and the let ET. Them in it. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. hazmat yeah. suits. Just you know the hazmat. So like we do have a backup plan. So if that is the case, then April. For sure, but I mean, ultimately, day. it's you Two know, weddings. you know, Two we we weddings. really, yeah, that's what I was thinking. It's like too. you know, ultimately, Max. we do one, idea. we do one in the we'll states. We'll go to both. Yes, <laughs> as long as I'm invited. I don't as know. long as you're booked. <laughs> I mean, well, you're the wedding singer, so yeah. it's it's looking up until this point. I haven't even considered that, but it's looking more and more like you know, do one in the states and then go to England and and do one there too. But. Yeah. You Does know, that mean you know, I get two dresses? Because I've already found one, so maybe I find another. But the tough thing with <laughs> weddings, no you know, the, the, well, <laughs> no the tough answer. thing with with weddings that I've seen is like how much 
realistically other people make it about them. Mm. So true, man. And uh, I've never experienced that before, obviously. But, you know, the the more that, you know, on for both of us, where it's just like, you know, Wait, you, you well, people make the wedding about themselves. Like who, the guests who? in the family like, you know, make we it can't about them. Yeah. Oh, like for their date. Yeah. So what's convenient for totally. them? And it's like, yeah, oh, someone oh, said thank that you. they would do me the favor of letting me know when we can have our wedding. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah. You just got to get like slip not to headline. Yeah. And everyone like, oh, like, oh, no, we'll be there. No, I'll just have you. We, it was Bad Wolves. I'll have you fulfill their date. That's going to be the Instagram clip you post. <laughs> we went there. Um, all right. Hi, is that yeah. yeah. All right. Well, um, this has been great. I mean, this is, you know, we had, we had Emily on Deviant Gentlemen. Mm-hmm. Emily had each of us on mm-hmm. uh, Evolve with Emily. It, yeah, mm-hmm. all three of us yeah. have been on Involved mm-hmm. with Emily, and this is Kat's first appearance on a Deviant Gentleman podcast. I've been waiting for that. Like I've been waiting to do <laughs> that. <laughs> what do the other ones do? Just press them. Let's yeah. see. Crickets. Oh, Jiminy Cricket. <laughs> Jiminy Cricket. <laughs> What's that one? You oh, can't hear magic. it. magic. It's like a fairy. I hope it's fun. Okay, I'm just It is a lot buttons. of fun. Um, I'm pushing buttons over I've here. I've pressed mine a few times, too, and I'm like, I'm like, babe, come in here. you got to hear this. Yeah, yeah. It's fun, right? <laughs> I'm like, really? For the 69th um, time today? Uh, yeah. All right. 69. Anyways. Uh, <laughs> 69. We <laughs> that was so good. How did you know? <laughs> Random guess. <laughs> um, well, yeah. thank you guys for tuning in. Um, uh, you can find us. Uh, you can find Tommy and I on Instagram at Deviant Gentleman. Tommy is at Tommy Vexed. I am at Shane.Vitco. Uh, you can find us uh, anything you want. Merch, the website, uh, the YouTube. Blah blah blah. Deviant, 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 deviant gentleman. dot com. Deviant gentleman. dot com. Uh, We're gonna make you sandwiches. Yeah. It's gonna be sick. Yeah, deviant Bulties. gentleman sandwiches. Bulties. Sandwiches. Bulties. Tea party. Bulties. Lots of tea spilled. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Come for it all. You can find me at Emily Hayden. Um, also, I'll just link everything below with you. Yeah. And you can find me at. Dea, hashtag Boston and the Brit. No, not hashtag. Oh, no. You can find yeah. us. Oh, sorry. Ah. At you can Boston tell it's my Brit. first time. I ain't Boston a Boston and like the Brit Tea Company. We should have got. Like, we should have broke company. out the tea set. I know. Boston and the Brit. I know. Fuck it. I need over. to get one. We should just redo the whole thing. Yeah. Just start over. Yeah. Um. All right. <laughs> Top of the monitor. Woo! Tarkin. Let's go to. Stop. It's like that when you make a joke. Oh, you can't hear it? We can't hear it. We have no hearing. We're on a... (laughs) Giggling away. Wait, it's great. Oh, I didn't know you guys couldn't hear it. We'll take your word for it. (laughs) (laughs) It's fucking great. What's that one? That was his laughter. They were laughing with us because we're so funny. Dun, 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 dun. Dun, dun.